What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller. Tim Getty stepped on a rock and got bit on both eyes by a snake. Joining me today, he's the future class of video games. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Rest in peace, Tim Getty, for the second no, time. Still alive, this still month. alive. He's, oh, he's still alive. He's still he alive. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because last time he died after he tripped over. Oh, I, I forgot that he died. I forgot that he cool died. Greg. Uh-huh. Yeah, Cool Greg was holding a bunch of knives, and so. The fact oh, that wow. he's able to come back and come back stronger he's, to not die this time, it. I'm very impressed. He's slowed down his heart rate. He's, he's been practicing that lately. So now everybody thought he was dead, but it was just, oh, he's been practicing. And I forgot he wow. mentioned that. Wow. Wow. See, that makes more sense because back when I had it communicated to me that, yeah, he missed a show because he stepped on a rock, I didn't realize there was knives involved. I just thought his foot hurt and he missed it because of a sore foot. Cool Greg was holding a lot of knives. Yeah, like, Cool God, Greg was holding hate a lot to of see knives. It. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Right? There's so much narrative here. <laughs> Who needs books? We're right here. You know? <laughs> I think you began the narrative. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. We're all together when we started. It doesn't matter who started it. We're all collaborating. All right? It's all <laughs> happening over here. Uh, that other voice, of course, was the Hispanic heartthrob Texas treat. Latino heat... Clicking heads and ripping them to shreds. The globe trotting, head shotting, nitro rifle from Twitch.tv. Andy Cortez. Greg, you can remember a song that you heard in 1994, but you can't get this down yet. What's going on, Greg? Well, first off, you've seen me do it off book before. But the yeah. problem is I only introduce you once a week on the Kind of Funny Podcast, or I guess twice a week now on the Kind of Funny Podcast. And sometimes I have it in front of me and sometimes I don't. So when I take it, like right now, I, I'm using a different doc, so I don't have it in front of me. So I'm relying on Hispanic heartthrob, Texas treat, Latino heat. And then it was the, wait, because they clicking or ripping? I couldn't remember clicking what came first. You know? I, well, now that I remember, C before R, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Alphabetical. I'll I have it for you or not. Yeah, except exactly. Except clicking after C, heads you know like I mean? how he would uh, click his, his mouse to be able to shoot. Yeah, think about that, Greg. No, I I understand, Grandma. I understand understand what he's doing. I don't don't think you got it. I don't think you got it, man. He's the master of hypes, Snowbike Mike. Hey, what up, everybody? Happy to be here. What are you drinking there? What are you drinking on? Uh, on? A little little tea. I dominated Andy Cortez, Nick Scarpino, Joey, and Tim, and mini golf. And I'm rewarding myself with a little bit of hot tea. You went by one stroke over me and Andy. Calm down. Fucking space level. It's stupid. I've noticed that there's yeah there's this energy. Andy and Mike have come in here and they're both down. Andy no longer standy. He's sitting. Mike drinking tea. Like they've gone. They went the yard as they say. Spawn on me's Khalif Adams. How are you? I'm good. Good. So I'll tell you the TV Contangelo Jackson coming to a stream very very soon near you. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, it yeah. is happening. And then, of course, look, she's... Look at Blessing's face. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> oh, you don't know about the Blessing's face? just out of your mouth? Oh, we have a show today, folks. We have some energy <laughs> for you. Uh, and rounding out our sextet. Uh, what's, what's six? Is it sextet? Sextet. Sextet? Is that true? Yeah. Sextet. Uh, sextet. Uh, she, of course, is Christmas in April. It's Joey Noel on the ones and twos. She's up in the voice. She's in the cloud. I am. It's real nice up here. A little yeah. wet, but real nice. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Moisture. It's, yeah. There's moisture in clouds. Yeah, that's uh, that's part of it. Uh, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast, and it's our review, I guess so far probably, of Outriders. I think everybody's in a different place with the game. But basically, it'll be titled The Outriders Review. Uh, we've all been playing, and we all want to talk about it. But first, I need to tell you that, of course, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about all the things we love and sometimes don't love in video games. If you love us talking about video games, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where of course you can write in to be part of be part of the show you can watch live just like matt grover is i got a friend named grover too don't worry about it uh <laughs> Corey scott and the lou oh, that's are. the blue guy that's the blue guy from the elmo 
I recognize him. Uh, Of course, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Yes, you can be part of the show. Yes, you can be a Patreon producer. You can also get the show ad-free, and you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every week when we record, usually on Tuesdays. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can get a brand spanking new episode of the Gamescast, usually Wednesdays, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every wednesday unless there's some weird embargo we have to worry about of course when you get them later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games you have to listen to the ad and you don't get a post show but you still get one hell of a show like subscribe share click the bell and all that jazz some housekeeping before we get into the business of the day uh there has been a huge week of video game content up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games the x cast tackled playstations the show coming to xbox game pass <laughs> try to wrap your head around that sentence uh ps i love you xoxo has a ratchet and clank review up and us debating if it has a place in the best PlayStation 4 games of all time and what it means for uh, the next Ratchet and Clank PS5 game. Uh, and then there is a brand new blessing show all about Elden Ring. Of course, all this content is up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Two of them up on podcast services. Blessing show not only available on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So it would mean a lot if you went there and supported one of the few video only products we do. For now, though, thank you to our Patreon producers, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, uh, Delaney Twinning, Jeffrey P. Long, I'm sorry, Jeffrey P. 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 Long, uh, Jesus Barrio, a.k.a. Bent Fork PR, Skin Tight Salmon, Game Jumper X, Mohammed Mohammed. Uh, today, we are sponsored Momo. by Upstart, but I will tell you about, nah, damn it. This is it, Khalif, how good am I at my job, do you think? You're really good. I'm pretty good. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty pretty good, good too. But as I was reading those producers, I was like, that sounds like an old list of Patreon producers. And it turns out, everybody, sorry, that one's on me. That was on me. Yeah, I heard, I heard the door open. I'm sorry. Like, Those Momo were July at? 2020 producers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the April 2021 <laughs> Patreon producers go like this. Mick, a.k.a. Atonanobiologist, Tom Bach, Elliot, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, Julian the Gluten-Free so- Gamer, Trent Berry, and Tyler Ross. You Today, heard we are the- still. What's that? I was going to say, you heard the surprise of my voice when I said, Momo! Yeah, that exactly. Like people, genuine, holy crap. We've chased a lot of people off, but, you know, yeah. like that, and that's what gave it away, because I was like, man, I haven't done the Jeffrey PPPP long in a long time, and I was like, oh, right, because when I did that for a month, he's like, fuck these guys. <laughs> I am not, I don't want to hear my name called PPPP long, <laughs> but there you go, PP long stockings, you're back in the show, Jeffrey, what about Welcome. it? While we're here, Burt makes a cool name, too, but I digress. We're brought to you by Upstart. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> for now, let's talk about a little game called Outriders. As we record this this morning, uh, it was at a 77 on Metacritic. Of course, Outriders out right now on PlayStation, Xbox, PC. Came out April 1st from People Can Fly, the developer, Square Enix, the publisher. Khalif Adams, where are you in your Outriders journey right now? I need to know your class. I need to know your level, your world tier, your hours played. I am PPP packing it all into all the time that I have in my life at this point. It is unreasonable how much time I've been spending in there. I'm running on Three different consoles, three different platforms are running on PC, PS5, and Xbox. Why? I have a because I. What, what do you mean? Why? Why not? There's no. Why not, there's there? a why. Why not, baby? You got to get it all in when you can. Okay. You can't okay. just have no, it all. Commit to one. That's as Mike would say, commit to greatness, right, Mike? Commit, commit well, to greatness, Khalif. But also, hey, game developers out there, commit to cross progression. Oh my Think god, about please. It. Thank Think you. about it. Can yes, we get some PvP progression going across the game? If you're gonna make me sign into my Square Enix account. <laughs> then how about that account means something and carry yeah. this information totally for you like destiny agree i mean that's the reason why i'm why i'm on all the different platforms right now so i can play with everybody who wants to get some games in but i'm running 
on the main account, which is my highest count on PC, I'm, I'm around 21. I got to 21 okay. last night. Uh, I'm running my trickster uh, class over there. Um, and then I'm rocking a pyro as well. That's like a level a level eight or so. It is gotcha. it is so good. It's right. so, so good right now. I'm having a blast with it. And it's, it's I'm excited to hear where everybody else is running and yeah. why you're running what you're running. Okay, well then let's let's get start getting into going around the horn here. We'll start with you, Andy Cortez. Uh, give me your class level, world tier. How many hours played? I am a technomancer. I am level eighteen, world tier seven. I just unlocked that. Nice. And uh, hours played, I'd say around. It says thirteen and a half, but I always, you know, the game will sit idle every once in a while. So let's sure. say twelve. Let's say twelve. Okay. Snowbike Mike, same questions. Uh, I'm rocking a Devastator, because, Khalif, I like to get up in the action and get rewarded for that. I like uh, how you I, looked at me when you said that, too. Like, you asked, I, hey, why I, are you playing I made me want to wink at you from across the internet. I was like, get up on it, hey, wink. Oh, this kid likes action. All right, he likes to get up in <laughs> with there. That. Come here. Steal my heart with them Thieves shirts on. I see you. Currently at level 27, uh, world tier 7 complete, working on 8 right now. And mm. uh, hours played about 12, I would say, about 12. Okay. Blessing Eddie O.J. Jr. Uh, I am rocking the Technomancer um, at level 22, world tier 7, and I've been playing for, it says 19 hours in my PS5, but yeah. that that is also some of it, that's me including the demo time, first of all, that is also me including the time I spent playing both the Technomancer class and the Trickster class, because I started off as Trickster, and so I probably did a few hours of that too, and then also standing idle, and so really it's probably more like 17 hours in total. Uh, voice in the clouds, Joy Noel, where are you at with all this? Uh, I am a pyromancer. I'm level mm -hmm. 19, world tier 7, and I'm about 20 hours in. Very nice. I love the diversity, as you're saying, Khalif, in terms of yep. what everybody's playing, right? Yep. Uh, I'm playing a trickster. Uh, I am level 30. Uh, beat the campaign last night with Mikey. Went off on an expedition. Uh, today played a little bit uh, before this to get, uh, just have an excuse to play. World tier <laughs> 9. Uh, and I'm at 39 hours played when you combine in the demo and what I've put in on the thing. And yeah, oh, right. I can't get enough of this game. Andy Cortez. Mike, how are you such a high level with uh, you've played way more than me. There's no way that we've played the same amount of hours. So we're going to talk about it here, Andy. So what can <laughs> happen here is I've kicked it down world tiers a couple of times where it's mm -hmm. like been breeze mode, we'll call it. And you're still mm -hmm. getting XP, but I'm uh -huh. like breezing through missions here. So you'll notice your guys' play time's a little bit higher because you've probably been working on those world tiers. I've had moments where I've played solo, kicked it down to world tier three and just mindlessly gunned down Got it. people. Okay, and, okay. Uh, really elevate my sense. gameplay there mm. yeah. that makes a lot of sense yeah because i had the same question because it seems like our times are all over the place and i was expecting certain numbers from greg and joey that are way different from yeah. what they would have been like depending on their what their level were mm -hmm. yeah well i played with a lot of early level people this weekend that didn't play a lot last week um two people that were like kind of starting out so i feel like i put a lot of it was just kind of helping them power through and get them leveled yeah, and I feel like that's where the hours start stacking up pretty quickly, and world tiers don't move as much. Is that's what I ran into too? Is so I had been playing, I had done the demo, uh, fallen in love with it there, and I want to talk about specifically Andy and where he's at with that. But for this part of the conversation, had been doing so when I started up, I was already committed and knew what I was doing, and it was that idea of I was like blasting out the code Friday and Saturday, and so many kind of funny best friends were jumping in there playing, and I'm so glad you did. I love playing with you guys, but it was like I'm I have it cranked up to the highest world tier, and all of a sudden like a not 
level nine comes in and is just getting hit once and dead. I'm like, all right, well, this sucks. Let's turn the world tier down and we can keep moving the story and doing stuff that, you know, is mattering for my progression, but not actually that, uh, you know, uh, pushing me or, you know, doing the world tier stuff. Because, of course, I, we should point out, too, uh, if you're here for the Outriders review and you haven't actually played Outriders, you might be, oh, is this going to be? I saw somebody say, oh, is this spoiler free? <laughs> we'll get into like is there a story now <laughs> I, I, I can spoil this game if i wanted to i have no idea what times blessing on. would play with me and be like so i know you've been playing greg like what's going on in the story i was like who uh, <laughs> do you, i think yeah. this person like i don't think you have to worry too much about that but it is that idea that you know you have your level which caps at 30 and then you have your world tiers which is dictating how hard the level your enemies are going to be uh what kind of legendary drops you're getting the percentages there and so it's another xp bar pretty much that's filling in as you play but when you go down to somebody else's and they're playing on world tier two you're at their mercy and so you're playing on their world tier two or if you want to go in and pick one you can pick to be on level five but then you won't be filling in your bar that is level six to get to level seven kind of thing so that's this system that i think is really cool and works really well and we'll talk about it but that's where that's at and why i think you're seeing hours up but like i it was one of those things if i told you talk about hours played as we go around i would expect me to be way further in world tier than nine i feel like we're all right in that meet media area at the same time but to kick the conversation off andy cortez I need your updated take here for our Outriders review. Of course, you went and saw the demo the first time. You loved it. You came back. When another demo came around, you brought Blessing. You guys enjoyed it. And then when the actual demo dropped and you got to play it, you didn't seem hot on it anymore. And you and I kind of inversed where I had no expectations for it and I got excited where you had expectations and then came down. Talk to me where you are right now, uh, you know, days after release. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because I've totally done... I was mentioning last night on stream, I've done a 360 with this game. Did the 180 when the demo came out, not feeling too great. I don't think, I think a lot of it may have been due to technical issues. The mm -hmm. demo wasn't running super great on PC. There was no DLSS. There was no, um, the game ran really janky, even without being in a party. And that's all, that's never a good sign. When you're a single player and the game isn't running great. Um, so I knew I knew what I was going to expect when it came to story and voice acting and going into it. It's, I'd, I warned everybody. I was like, look, I'm super looking forward to Outriders. I think the acting is not good. And I think the story is just going to be whatever. Who cares? I love the gameplay so much and I'm really, really excited for it. And all of the negatives just kind of piled on in addition to not only the negatives of the voice acting and the gameplay, but the negatives in how the game felt. Um, I just, I just wasn't feeling it. And I, now I just, I can't get enough of this game. I, yeah. I really can't. It's so much fun. Go ahead, bless. Yeah. Andy, how much of this do you think is because when we played the demo or not the demo, when we went in for the preview back in August, was it that they threw us in at a higher level? Cause I, the thing I noticed when the demo came out recently and we were playing and we kind of, I think we both might've been in the same, the same spot in terms of playing the demo and that kind of tempering our expectations a bit. The thing that had me a bit excited was seeing Greg go play the game with IGN and them giving him a build that seemed to be way higher level. And then Greg coming back and being like, Hey, I'm kind of into outriders. Like I'm kind of digging this. The, that kind of started getting the gears in my head going of like, okay, so it might be that the game just shines way more at a higher level. Do you think that's what it is? No, I think it was just the performance, honestly. I think just the way it felt, again, I have like a really good PC and I expect it to work really, really well. And there was a lot of broken things in the settings. There was just, mm. 
there was things that just weren't working. Um, when I would change the resolution, sometimes it wouldn't change unless I did some weird thing, then suddenly it looked good again. There was just a lot of jank all over the place with the demo. But uh, they have seemed to have just fixed a lot of issues when it comes to how it performs on PC. Um, the, the one negative I'm still seeing, a, apart from the other negatives, obviously like server issues, not good. We're not going to excuse that here. We know the game has a shitload of problems when it comes to creating parties and all that stuff. But just the moment-to-moment gameplay, the gunfire, the merging of abilities, um, the different sort of enemy variants. Obviously, like, it's it's these soldiers with white face kind of helmet things that come at you in waves. And I honestly expected that to feel old by now, and it hasn't yet, which is a mm-hmm. good feeling. And... Um, I'm I'm having an actual blast with it. I can't believe that I'm I really I did another 180 again. The full 360 has happened. Um, so now you're back to where you started, where you were excited for it. Enjoying yeah, it. I, I, I can't I can't I can't get enough of it. I want to keep playing. I am a again. I picked Technomancer because I love long range. I love sniping and the a couple of negatives I'll throw out there. I still think that as soon as I group up with other players, I start to notice pretty big performance drops. When I'm in a single-player game, it's flawless. Like, I have no issues. And it's just, when people join my party, um, I regret picking the long-range class and sniping because it's so much harder to snipe when you are dealing with, you know, I'll be at, like, 90-ish frames, and then, like, boom, 32 frames, a little drop there. And it's just, like, there's a lot of hitching and stuff. So I hope all that stuff gets ironed out. Sure. I am not happy about the PC console crossplay not working because <laughs> so much of this was me wanting to play with Greg. Like that was like kind We're of still the going whole to, baby, reason. Don't worry. That was kind of the whole reason why I was so stoked about this. But yeah, that being turned off and then them realizing all of the other issues, I think that the PC console stuff is still kind of. Well, they tweeted the about that today as we record three hours ago. Outriders tweeted, We know everyone has been keen to know more about the fix for PC console crossplay. The fix for this is tied to the overall patches that we are currently cooking up and running through testing. We hope to soon share more news about their release schedule and content. And it's interesting, you know, Mike and I were playing last night and we were talking about the pros cons warming up for this conversation and you know we were so gung-ho to beat the story last night and mike there was a moment where i thought we weren't going to be able to because every time we would advance into the boss's room we would die and then when we come back out it would just be black screen and so it had to be a restart and like i i have not seen a developer yet talk about power cycling your xbox or your playstation 5 or series x and they have been so upfront of like if this keeps happening and you hang on your sign-in screen Turn off the unit, unplug it, leave it unplugged for minutes, put Whoa. it back in, like like yeah. that wow. detail to it. And wow. when we were, eventually got through it and beat it, it, beat the thing, it seems like it was that other guy who was joining us. He was causing problems, so that's his problem, not us, Mike. Uh, there was this conversation where Mike and I were talking. Mike's like, "What don't you like about the game?" And I started talking stuff, and he's like, "But you know, aside from all the crashes," and it was like, "I can't believe." And this is very much a me personal thing, but I'd like to hear the group's take on it too. Like the way Outriders has handled it has made it not be a problem for me. Where I feel like when you do when games launch like this and have broken servers and you can't play and everything's crashing, it's when they're hey, we're going to update you soon and you see that tweet's 4 hours old and nothing's being updated that you're like what the fuck and then you get mad. All weekend long all I felt was sympathy for them cuz they were the social media manager was on there. I felt like every 20 minutes being like here's the update this is happening we're, we're doing the mother of all turn it off turn it on again, <laughs> right? Khalif am I on the money about that? No, you're right. I mean, I think that's one of the things that you wind up finding most often is that the biggest complaints from folks in the community is that the teams aren't being transparent enough. 
Yeah. And I would even say they're probably a little bit too transparent this past couple of days because there's a lot of stuff coming coming in and out from various far, various parts of the of the conversation. Um, but I do think that the thing that I was most impressed with was the fact that even through all the kind of, you know, people getting in their behinds about things not working and the cross progression and all that kind of stuff not being up there with all the servers thing because the thing that was like really frustrating me was like you had streamers who were like dude i just I, I signed this contract to do this content and what do you mean i can't i can't play the game i was like hey my fault that got nothing to do with me who's <laughs> making that game like you got to just wait homie and get your stuff together but i think that the thing that you see that they did really well that a lot of you know companies don't do well is they didn't seem panicked which mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. nice to be able to see a company come out and be you know, transparent, and they were, they knew that they were like, we have this under control. We're fr-. they may have been freaking out behind the scenes, but nobody in public knew, and that was that was kind of uh, kind of awesome to see from from that standpoint because you don't see that often. Like yeah. you see people turtle, you'll see people just like freak out and just not say a thing for like days. Uh, but they were talking for for a while. Andy, go ahead. I had mentioned that at when we were doing the demo was all the time leading up to it. They put out that twenty three. Uh, tweet thread on Twitter about here's everything to expect, right? And I was like, wow, you know, this level of transparency is getting me really excited because I feel like they're so confident with all of this. Mm-hmm. And how can anything be bad, right? Like mm-hmm. this company is totally like going out there and saying, like, hey, this game's gonna come out, and here's how we here's how we are operating on the internet. Here's how we are behaving on Twitter, and we are so upfront with everything. And so the, it kind of gave me a false sense of confidence that the game was going to launch perfect. And then mm. the demo came out, and it was less than perfect, obviously. And then the game launched, and it seems to just kind of, you know, it's it's intermittent, right? The game's either working or it's not. And it's going to kick you out of a game, or it's not. Or it's going to hang on the 80% loading thing, or it's not. And that's just it just kind of seems like it's luck of the draw at this point. Cleve Adams. I, I think the interesting part about all of this was when we had those conversations, because I remember that also, right? Andy was that whole just like bucket list of things that was just like, here are all the things that we're going to do. Here's the way we're going to talk about that stuff. And, and, I, and then it was just like, once Game Pass came into the conversation, which I'm sure we're probably going to talk about at some point, I just wonder how that threw all expectations out the window. Like, I know that that thing got signed a while ago. It has to have gotten signed a long time ago. But even then, you have to just it, just like think that the number of people who signed in and logged in at that yep. point oh, just yeah. threw everything off uh, in terms of expectations and numbers. Mike is like, Mike is like yeah, boy, I keep asking. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that, you know, Mike asked me last night while we were getting ready for this of just like, you know, I'm like, I love it, obviously. And he's like, you know, mm. asking these really insightful questions about like, well, why do you love it? And where does that come from? And why does this hit when we something like Godfall didn't and so on and so forth? And I think so much of it is expectations and seeding and expectations are usually we use them and they didn't, they didn't meet expectations right i feel so many people were flat on this game like i, I would say um, um what was it a month ago where andy was talking to me on a thing and it was talking about outriders i was like oh yeah would i like that and you're like oh my god you'd love it like i had totally missed exactly what this game was and where it was going to go and i feel like i'm far from the only person who missed that where i have texts on my phone from last week asking friends hey are you going to be playing outriders I'm like well, I, I haven't even heard about it what is it and then it was this idea that on game pass you have nothing to lose you jump in and then it actually goes and clicks and works snowbike why do you think this is clicking working uh, I mean, I think Game Pass is a big deal. For me, it's just a good game, right? This isn't a great groundbreaking game. This isn't a bad game. This is just a middle-of-the-road good game for me. And the best part is, 
you can play with your friends and it's got familiarity that so many people love, right? Mm -hmm. It has Diablo and Borderlands. You like looter shooters, you like endless action. This game is bringing it to you, right? And to know that you can play cross-platform with your friends elevates that so much in the day and age that we live in with this online world. And then you put Game Pass on top of that. And now, like you said, right, this is a, you know, a double A team, not much expectations on this. Honestly, it could have just breezed through the radar of most people and not even been on the radar. But then you put it on Game Pass where now I don't have to convince my friends to spend $60 on a fun weekend together, right? We can all download it. We can enjoy this, right? I don't expect us to be playing this months later, like a Destiny type game, right? And we've sure. talked about this games the service and where we fall, but like this is that perfect two week experience with you and your friends. Borderlands, grab as much gear as you can, try to max out your characters, get weird with different guns and different builds, and then move on to the next game. And I think that's exactly where my expectations were, and that's where they landed. And it's been perfect ever since. I've had so much fun with it's it. It's junk food, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah and, yeah. It's, yeah, and I'm feasting right now. I want to yeah. keep feasting and eating more of it, right? Joey, talk to me because, you know, when I think of a Joey Noel game, I'm usually thinking of something you and Lauren can play together. And that's... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that can, that can be Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> that can be Borderlands. That can be Diablo. But right now, it is Outriders. Like, wh what sold you on giving this a shot and why are you sticking around? So I think the fact that it had a demo that I could try at the beginning was really accessible uh so it's like okay like this is something i might be into but i don't want to ask for a code or pay for the whole thing or figure out how to play it on game pass so sure. it was nice to like get a handle on like what the mechanics were and what the gameplay was like ahead of time even though that weekend i felt like was real buggy on at least for me like i couldn't it took forever to get in um but i've been looking for something like this to play we had played diablo season diablo 3 seasonal that hadn't really scratched the itch too much i had tried to jump into uh, the division two, but because I just went straight into the expansion, never played the original game. I had like no idea what I was doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was hard. And then, um, I had tried to go back and finish borderlands three, but it was because it was an older game as with like the rest of these two, everybody like either because, uh, borderlands isn't cross play. So I couldn't get the right people to were willing to play with me on the right platform or people had already finished it and kind of sure you're so far gone it. right yeah so this is the perfect mix of it's pretty like easy systems to figure out it's not like overly complicated which i yep. appreciate and then um because it's on game pass and because crossplay was working at least for me for most of the weekend really well it was really easy to hop in with re and danny for a little bit or with lauren and jacob or bless and lauren and i were playing like there were so many different configurations of people that were playing that you could pretty much always find at least one other person now blessing Hold on, you, one second. Or we want to jump off this mic? What do you got? Yeah, just another one is like when Joey says that, right? She's talking about like, are we going to go play other older games? And I think now is the perfect time for this game of like, what else are you playing, right? Like Blessing will say Disco Elysium, but like that's such a small market, right? This is the new hotness, right? It's not the big AAA game, but it is hot right now. And the crossplay saves it. But you look around the landscape, what are you going to play? Balan Wonderworld? Like there's nothing else to play <laughs> right now. And so this game has hit at that moment we've talked about a lot before with other games of like you strike when nobody else is around and this spring area it's been quiet since launch of the new gen consoles it's been quiet since holiday and we're just looking at the horizon and this game yep. came out at the perfect time with the perfect features and game pass it's like 
that's the perfect storm. That's the mixture in the pot to make something special, especially out of a game like this. And before Blessing starts, I just, I just want to say it's good enough. Like, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the game and that's, is and as that's good where as I think it perfect, needs to be. That's a perfect <laughs> way to bring Blessing in. Because, yeah, Bless, you and I had been talking, right, when we were getting ready to pick a book club game for PS I Love You uh, last week before we had Outriders. And it was that question of, well, what is going to be April for us and what are we actually going to be playing? And you were very much like, well, I want to try Outriders, but I don't think I'm going to hang that long with it or uh, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Where are you at right now after having played more of it or any of it, I guess? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think... Saying that it's good enough is probably the, the the perfect way to describe it. Also, junk food is also another perf- perfect way to describe it because for me, Outriders isn't a game that I describe as a great game. It is a very fun game. It's a game yeah. that you know I'm I'm in it right now because it gives me that that satisfaction of going in, playing with friends, getting that dopamine hit of taking out enemies and getting through a tough room and then getting all the gear because this game just has a deluge of gear that it gives you after every single fight. That noise, man. That Yeah, and being able to pick up each one and then half of them usually are going to be higher level than the stuff I got. And so I go in and, and, and dismantle what I don't want and then equip what I want. There, There's something about just that inherent inherent loop that is just so, uh, uh, gives so much satisfaction uh, that like, I, I, I think for me, that's the thing that keeps pulling me in is that it, it nails that so well. But like, Everything else in the game for me has been very much like I do not care. Like I don't care about the story. I've been I've been trying to keep up with the cutscenes and watch and watch them, but I don't really care about any of the characters. Like there are cool things that happen here or there, but by the time I get to any of the cool stuff, I'm like I don't care about the context that this is in. When you when you introduce this new character that looks different from all the other characters I met, you know, I'm like, "All right, I don't understand why this is cool but this seems like a cool thing this seems like a cool reveal but i don't care about it the when you look at when you talk about the art design in the world i think graphically the game looks really cool but the art direction is is very much ps3 era here's a third person action shooter like it is very brown the characters pretty much look nondescript for the most part like i don't really there's nothing that is pulling me in from anything that isn't gameplay but the gameplay is so fun that it is Mm -hmm. good enough for me that i keep coming back to it uh and so yeah it's just a really fun game Bless you. Mean you mean your truck modifications aren't the thing that's pulling you back <laughs> in? No, you like like that truck. <laughs> Dude, I don't. Where, where, where do you about, get like... the truck modifications? Because like I barely have anything that I can like apply to my truck right now. I have like two paints and that's Dude, it. you got to go through those accolades. You got to knock yeah, out those yeah, accolades. Exactly. You got all sorts of cosmetics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like you want to to that your idea of like you know it's good enough and it is like a PS3 feeling game at times or whatever. Like when they're like. Oh, you have my truck? Yeah. <laughs> like they start yeah. like, playing this guitar riff. You're like, what the fuck is this yeah. game? Yeah, they like, like show you your fucking cool boxy truck. It has an attitude that I it has an attitude that I don't really like. Like as soon as you get get into the game from the start, they start dropping f bombs and they start yeah. drop, dropping attitude and all this shit. But it also doesn't get in the way. Like when when mm. Borderlands three came out, what like a year and a half ago or two years ago, people. I remember, I remember all over the place. We were like, "Oh yeah, I don't really like the writing, or I don't really, I don't really like the the, the jokes." Discourse like, the discourse was the fart jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, people right. weren't really vibing with a sense of humor, and that's of course like to each their own, right? Like, there's some people that will love that, and some people that hate, that'll hate that. For outriders, I think for the most part, people seem to have ignored like the all all those aspects of the game because it's pretty easy to ignore. It doesn't get in the way. But even with that, I'm sure there are people that that will dig it because there is lore there. There is a world there that is that is there if you want to get into that. Um, but to the board to to the Borderlands comparison, I feel like this game is also interesting because it feels like it is pulled between trying to be multiple different types of games. On Monday Monday's Games Daily, we went through the the review and review and prog- progress roundup, and there was one of those in there that uh, kind of compared it to being both 
like a a Borderlandsy type of game or a Gears of War Warsy type of game, but then also it being a Destiny kinds of game kind of game. And it feels like it doesn't want to pick a space, which kind of leaves it in this place where leading up to Outriders. I was talking about it like a games as a service because mm-hmm. so many of the mechanics here and so many of the systems and the loot and the gear and all that stuff feel very Destiny like. Like it feels like it wants to be Destiny so Dude, bad. it's Destiny's inventory screen, which again is yeah. Avengers is Destiny's inventory screen. But I mean, this is like per- like the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing, but then also it tries to push off of that so much where the devs are very much like this isn't games as a service. This is a loot game. And it seems like they want it to be more Borderlands, but it feels like at the same time, it doesn't know what it wants to be, which leaves the game in this kind of weird place for me where... I would like this game to have ongoing content, not necessarily because I'm interested in the story, just because I would. I think it, it could be fun if this game just got uh, got uh, raids over time, right? Like, sure. what if you dropped three raids a year for like the next three years? Like, out for for where I'm at with the game right now, I'd like to do that. Like, I'd like to keep playing it in that way because it's been fun in that aspect. Cleef, you trying to jump in on this game's yeah. service conversation? Because yeah, I had a question yeah, yeah. eventually. Re- yeah, real quick, because I it, it pings on both the things that Bless and and Mike said, which is. I'm happy it's in that weird nebulous space right now. I like the fact that it's not trying, it's doing a little bit of each one of those things well enough to kind of get me into the space. Like inventory wise, smartest uh, dismantling system I've seen in the game in a long time. Yep. Like yes. really smart way that it, that it deals with that in a way way better than destiny does. So wait and real I mean, quick yeah. while we're here, cause there are people who haven't played yet and are going to yes. explain to me what, yeah, how to dismantling works in here. So basically, you can basically in, in most games you'll have to kind of go through each part, uh, uh, each thing you want to dismantle, click on it, mark it, and then hit a button to dismantle it. The way they do it in in, in Outriders is everything has a cl- uh, has a a type or a kind of level. So it's like it's a kind of general uh, general uh, green, yellow, purple, blue system that you see in kind of most games, uh, basing it on uh, you know rarity of, rarity. of stuff. Uh, you basically have a couple of bars on the bottom right hand side of the screen that that delineate between those you can click on that and it'll mark everything that's that rarity and you can just hit another button and remove all of that from your inventory oh. super super smart in the way that it deals with stuff like that and, and going back to the conversation around um the games of service part this is a game that relieves me of having to worry about the games of service parts that i hate which are the things in destiny mm-hmm. where i feel like i'm always behind the curve yep where i always yep. feel like i have to go back and say what did i miss is there a thing that I didn't do because I didn't have time to do it? This, I'll be able to jump back in when they throw in new content out and just jump back into that stuff, run through it, and it'll be done. And I love that part of it. I love that that's going to be a part of the way we look at this. Mike? Yeah, I want to give some shout out to that. Is right, Khalif, right? The games and service aspect we've always talked about with Destiny of like, oh, it's raid time. A new strike is out. Oh, what gear level is that? I can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I hate that feeling. And mm-hmm. a cool part about Outriders is that instantaneously switching between world tiers, right? So now when that new content comes out, I never feel like I'm holding back Greg or anybody back because we can just kick it down the world tier. Go back there right away. Oh, Mike, you're doing a little bit better. Let's kick it up a little bit. And I feel like that really hits a sweet spot there that they should get a lot of kudos and credit for because you're right. When I think of Destiny and these other games, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're not that maxed out gear level. Sorry, bro. Like you can't, can't play with this. us tonight. Yeah. Like, oh, and, that sucks. Like and when I crack and when I crank it down to go play in a lower world here with somebody, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. Like yep. I'm still enjoying it. I'm still getting stuff for granted, like levels and yada yada yada, but at least resources. Cause again, like to real like we talk about it being junk food. We talk about it being approachable, though, right? In a way, and I'll get to you in one second. Sorry, Andy. That isn't like you know uh, sucking you in in a way that like even the, I love the division two, but like 
it took me a while to wrap my head around division two and the recalibration table and storing things in the library and yada, 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 right? Like the way outriders is doing its system is very brilliant in terms of like, you can't, you can level, you can change the rarity of the gear you have. You can't change it to the legendary. You have to find those out of drops. Right. But you, so you can get them to really high tiers and then you can improve the level, the, you can level them up to get better stats. You can level up the attributes on them, which is all just as simple as you can do this. But then on top of that are the mods. And the mods are able to be swapped in whenever you want to them. There's three different classes of them. They cost resources, obviously, to bring in. But you have a library you're building. And even today where I was like, wait, like, I'm looking at everything. And, like, I can sell everything to get titanium to upgrade the equipment I want to upgrade. But I also don't – I should be – dismantling these to save mods, right? Well, how do how, I looked at the gear? I'm like, how can I tell if I've saved the mod? And real quick, just at a glance, if it has the little uh, square then broken up into four different squares, that means it's in your mod library. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So break that down and that'll go into your library. And it's like, mm. oh, like this stuff is entry level enough that I don't have to overthink it and I don't have to read or watch a YouTube video to explain it. Like, and I, to the point of what we're talking about so far, and I granted, you know, I'm, I'm level capped, but I've still have plenty to get and go and, you know, all the expeditions and world tiers. I don't feel like I, I'm like in division. I sat on resources for so long in Avengers. I am still sitting on resources that when they drop black Panther and I want to immediately upgrade black Panther, (laughs) you know, I'm going to be able to do that kind of thing. Whereas in this one, I am like, Oh, well spend the titanium because I'm getting so much loot that I'm not getting anything out of. I can just sell that, get my uh, shards and then use that to set. Like there's just a really great ecosystem in there. I'm sorry. Now, Andy, you wanted to jump in on something about this. I I was just going to mention that. I wonder if the, the decision to not be a games as service and not have uh, monetization built in, not have, you know, uh, a sort of Eververse thing. I wonder if that decision was made to kind of lower the expectations of Mm. sales and stuff. Because I think when publishers make a game a games as a service and know that you have built in monetization and know that uh, not everybody's going to put their credit card up, but there will be the kind of golden gooses that say, oh, I want to drop 500 bucks on this in the next couple weeks or so. Totally. Um, and I wonder if the decision to go away from that was to kind of like, well, we don't want to be put in a, we don't want to be put in the expectation tier yeah. of a games as a service type game. Well, like, let me, we don't know how much this is going to sell, you know? Let me bring in Mr. Leroy Williams, who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, like many others, I decided to check out Outriders over the weekend, despite mixed reviews from a few people at kind of funny. I started with the demo, and I'm quite enjoying it. I was trying to figure out how long the demo lasts when I stumbled across the FAQ section of Outriders website. One question caught my attention. Is Outriders a games-as-a-service? I thought the question was strange. It seemed to have an obvious answer, but the developer's response was surprising. Quote, no, Outriders will be a complete experience out of the box, end quote. This game has so many things in common with other games-as-a-service that this doesn't make much sense to me. Outriders seems to essentially be Destiny slash The Division slash Borderlands, and despite saying it's a complete experience out of the box, I'm sure if it is successful, there will be expansions. What's your take on what's going on here? Are they trying to avoid the stigma of half-baked games like Anthem, Fallout, 76, Avengers? And what defines a games as service in 2021? A battle pass? I remember when this went up, and I remember all of us talking about it. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, over on XCast, you guys had a long conversation about this. And I think it was Paris who was like, if it walks like a duck and looks like a duck, it's probably a duck kind of thing. But now that we're here and we're playing it, I feel like I understand what they were going for. That it's not a games as a service in the same way we're talking about. And Mike, you said it yourself. In two weeks, we're going to be done. 
we're going to have, I think, moved on. I will probably. I'm, you know, I'm trying to platinum it. So once I go through and do that, I don't know how much I'll be turning it on. It, it, does that sound right for uh, what you're thinking, Mike? Do you think this is a games as a service? No, Greg. I think this weekend with it has really changed my thought process on games as a service. But of course, we've had these conversations on the Kind of Funny X cast. Games as a service, as it's evolved, right? There's a lot of gray in between, right? You can go either way on certain games. And I think. Andy put it quite well with the monetization, the expectations, right? And there is a lot of like, if that game came out and it was seen as a game to service and it didn't hit the good battle pass, great monetization techniques with customization and so forth, we would be slamming this game, right? But yeah. now after a weekend with it, I've actually changed my tone where it's like, okay, I understand what they mean by no, this isn't a game to service. This is Borderlands or Diablo. Here it is. This is the campaign. You're going to play it. You're going to beat it. We've got a little bit of extra stuff at the end and you're done, right? I'm not expecting, hey, there's going to be a raid. There's going to be seven dungeons throughout the next three months, right? I have no expectations now for this game besides what I have played right here in front of me, and that's it, which is really good for them because oh, yeah. as Andy's going to finish out here, it's like I was going to give them the moon, right? I was going to look at them and be like, hey, if you can't reach destiny levels, you're gone, right? We're going to see it just like we've seen other games. You're out of the league now. And so they did a good job here. Andy? I also think that this is one of those games that, you know, I'm not trying to do the watch the first six seasons and it gets really, really good in season seven TV thing. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I definitely think this is a game that gets better around hour five or six. Um, and once it opens up and those systems open up and I knew that when Bless and I did the second demo, I remember talking to the dude who lets you modify and I was like, Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten to modification yet. Mm -hmm. And I remember loving that and being really interested in it and seeing how those systems kind of work and trying to learn that. And not that it's this overcomplicated thing, but it's exciting because it's yeah. a brand new kind of doorway being opened. And once that opened up, not only are you not fighting kind of the same humanoid things, but then creatures start being involved and then they have their own kind of move sets. And the game just gets infinitely more interesting gameplay wise, I think around hour five or six. Once you. Now, you will still encounter the humanoid type characters or whatever, but I just think the, ga I think the game has really, really nicely designed arenas for cover. And I know some people are like, oh, you don't even have to stand in cover. Like, I do. I, I love sniping. I love Technomancer. Yeah, if you're the yeah. Technomancer, yeah. you yeah. 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 I love, yeah. Po I love popping out and, like, it, you know, I see the sniper scope from the people when they're. And then it's like, oh, he's not looking at me. Bam, pop that head. And like, it feels so good gameplay wise. What's I'm sorry, that? one second. I'm checking my notes. Is it safe to say you like clicking heads? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. I sure love doing that. <laughs> What's up, Bless? Yeah, yeah. Blessing. Yeah, I, I think a, a thing that's nice about them not committing to the games of service thing is, the, is pretty much what Andy just said is that the game pretty much gets to be a video game as video game. They don't have to think about things beyond the future. They can kind of just do whatever they want in this mm -hmm. iteration. It's in a co op shooter. Yeah, it's a co-op yeah. shooter, and to the to the mod thing, right? I remember, I remember us both like talking to the person during our demo, and us both being like, "Oh yeah, there are mods. Oh shit, like this seems like it this goes deep. pretty deep." Yeah, yeah, and like they can kind of go crazy with it, and that's the thing that I appreciate because I keep bringing this up that when I say the game is a video game as video game, right? Like there are you can pick up shoes as gear, <laughs> and the shoes will let your your turret last six seconds longer, and it's like the fuck does that mean like how does that make any sense but in the context of the video game like you throw context out and it's like cool but i we get what this is we don't we don't care we're just gonna let it do what it wants to do yeah. and once you do that it becomes it becomes really fun because it does turn into this thing of 
oh yeah, I'm sure by the time we get to the end of the game or whatever the end game is, or if there's a raid at the end of the game, I have no idea. I have no idea what awaits. But when we get to the hard stuff, that is. Expedi- mm-hmm. oh, they call it expeditions. expeditions that yeah, 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 bro. But once yeah. we get there, I mean, I'm so excited because I know for a fact that I, with when when we get there, I'm gonna want to clear my skill tree probably. Yep. respect yep. everything. Figure out how See, I want to play. This find is the mods this I is use. this is where I think the game is succeeding at something I didn't expect and why the game's something special because we're talking about all these mechanics and stuff and obviously I hope at this point you've seen Outriders gameplay you know third person shooter superpowers kind of thing and for me it was Andy being like you're gonna love this game Greg we jumped in when the demo came we played it on stream and it was all of us having a good time talking to each other running around shooting but I walked away being like this didn't seem special. I don't get what it is. And then to Blessing's early, early point, for me, the change was I went and did stuff with IGN where I went over and filmed the Let's Play with Brian Altano, uh, Alfredo from uh, Achievement Hunter, and me. Kind of as like this little IGN reunion of us doing a squad. And on it was one of the developers from People Can Fly. And so we were thrown into highest difficulty world tier, legendary items. You're out there. And it, I, I mean, I was getting my fucking teeth kicked in. And the guy was like, oh, well, you know, like, you're a py- I was playing Pyromancer, and then he's like, you know, you only heal by burning. And then it was like, I switched, you know, here as I'm playing as Trickster, you're only healing by getting up close and doing damage there. And, like, wrapping my head around the fact that, like, I played the beginning of the game and the demo like I was playing The Division, where it w- was run, slam into cover, gears even. They pop over, shoot. And to learn, like, oh, that's not how these classes play and understand that, I was like, oh, okay. And it changed the way I did and made me start playing the game that way. So when I got it here, rolled Trickster to have the slowdown powers and do all that, it was this drip feed of, cool, I'm getting in there, I understand up close, I have, you know, the bubble to expand, a slowdown time, and then it was, you start unlocking your abilities all the way up through level 22 and finding those and falling into, you know, Blessing and I talked uh, and Joey about Ratchet and Clank and how I like to stick with one set of moves and one set of weapons. I was sticking with those same three uh, skills for a lot of my time in Outriders. And then it was, and the way I keep describing these arenas that Andy brought up is, they're arenas and in some ways they scratch the itch for me that puzzle games do of i run in there and i die over and over and over again and i'm like all right but if i just would have had this skill when i got Mm -hmm. to this captain i could have changed it up and so it suddenly becomes oh i want this different i'm gonna bring in a different skill i need to manage your cooldowns i need to be doing more damage i look at the skills for ones that for the recharges and stuff exactly and so like this is a game that doesn't penalize it costs nothing to respec you can go in and change your moves Mm -hmm. and it's awesome that way of now i'm so deep into that system that i'm like all right cool what i want to do tonight is pour a bourbon sit there and go through all my mods and find mm-hmm. the mods that go to my temporal blades that make me go faster khalif your hand's been up then we're coming to blessing i want you all to know i love this episode of the outriders <laughs> i'm so so sad that tim had to so die much. so we could have this episode again i know i know i know <laughs> The thing that I love about this game so much, and it wind up, and I, it didn't turn for me until I got a very specific mod, which was called Bone Shredder or Bone Shrapnel. And basically, you kill a thing, and it turns that enemy's bones into shrapnel that then explodes into yeah. everybody else that you that you wind up hitting. And I was that's like, so oh wait a minute, this game has no meta, and that's awesome because yes. I never have to think about it. Yeah, and that's the thing that is so very mm. cool. Where again, the idea around going back in when you lose a fight of saying i could do this now because i understand that oh this doesn't fit the situation in the way that it needs to feels extremely good because that ties directly to world level too where you're like oh okay if i do this at this world level i may be able to get away with this if i do this at this other one i'm gonna get wrecked 
Um, and then being able to go through all the other weapons that I have and say, well, okay, this weapon fires at this rate, but I needed to do this kind of damage because I like the way those two synergies work together. Like I dismantled a legendary weapon last night because I was like, I got it and it was great, but it doesn't, it doesn't do anything in the way that I play. Sure. And, and that I was feels like, oh. like an outrageous thing, right? In another game, oh, yeah. that would be like such a mistake. But yeah, I feel like, like here, would, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, people would crap on you. You say that out loud. They were like, well, why would you do that? You got that legendary. Why would you ever do that? I was like, it literally doesn't do what I needed to do for the situations and the play style that I have. So I can do that and then insert a different mod that actually makes that gun better. The no meta thing is such a beautiful thing. And that also goes back to what um, uh, uh, Mike was talking about in terms of kind of the Destiny role that this game kind of plays. And the fact that you don't have to worry about balance is also a thing there too. There's no multiplayer. You don't have to think about that. Yeah. So all that balance yeah. that would usually have to go across weapons and go across mods, you never have to think about, which is dope. Bless you wanted to jump a... in before. Hold on. Did you, oh, do we already, Bless you still got something to say on this? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, to piggyback off of the, the no meta thing, I think, I, I, I do think that is uh, very accurate when you're talking about this game. Like the other day I unlocked dual wield dual wield pistols that both freeze my enemies, but then also does like anomaly damage or some bullshit. And so like I was, <laughs> I was using that to shred through yeah. like multiple levels and that was my go-to gun. Uh, but then like eventually I found something else and I was like, cool, I guess I'll just move on with that. It seems like there is no, how, how Destiny would always have those guns that is like, all right, here's the one, here's the one gun that you yeah. need to get so that it'll, it, uh, if you want to be, if you want to play at the highest level, this is the one you go to when everybody was running Galahorn. When when there was that Galahorn. one weekend where there was the laser yeah. in Destiny Two that was I was broken, gonna say so. Bjorn Borg. Yeah, <laughs> there's like another one I think called Midas or something that <laughs> used to ridiculous. rock in Destiny. But like, Outriders is so messy that it does that it doesn't seem to have that. A thing sure. I wanted to bring up also about uh, gameplay in the game, and this piggybacks off of what Greg was talking about in terms of uh, uh, how how arenas start to feel like puzzles. It feels like the game very much is inspired by Doom in that instance because mm -hmm. the game wants you to be aggressive, and being aggressive is how you attain health. Doom does the exact same thing, both Doom 2016 mm -hmm. and Doom mm -hmm. Eternal, where you would have to get glory kills to, in order to get health you would have to do uh, uh your fire attack in order to get, to get ammo and shit like that outriders seems to function the exact same way and i saw somebody on twitter tweet that uh the the cover in outriders isn't for you like it's for your enemies you yeah. want to be mobile <laughs> you want to be going around unless you're like me and andy and you're a technomancer then you might want to yeah. use cover every now and then but for the most part you want to be mobile you want to get in their face and i think that is a thing that uh i'm very happy it took that inspiration because enough shooters don't take that inspiration from from doom and it makes for a game that is more about the, those combat puzzles and figuring out who you want to take out first in what order in order to get past it, which I think is a very beautiful thing. I getting to play last night. I played with uh, Paris and Khalif, and it uh, last night was the most fun I've had playing the game. Where we, it was the first time that I was introduced to bounties. I didn't know that was a thing in the game. Mm -hmm. It's such a simple thing. It's not like I'm not. You know, trying to praise people can fly for having just like hunt down this person what? or, or go <laughs> what an find unheard of move. Yeah. What an unheard or, of kind of side mission. <laughs> or go or go find this this animal, right? Yeah, the hunts, uh, yeah. Go go hunt this thing, you know. And that was so much fun because it, I got incredible loot and then Paris and Khalif had to bounce. So then I played solo and tried going through some more story stuff. And I 
it was such a fun, challenging time. I, I lost like twice, and I was like, do I want to drop the world tier? Like, no, I'm, no, you I'm so close. Out, you know, I know, I, know nope. I can fucking God. do it. And, well, and, I, 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 and I ended up like, I, I'd go into the fight, and then I would fall back when I needed to to get more to get more sort of space to work with. And it was so much fucking fun doing it solo. And I had mm-hmm. plenty of people in chat, hey, can I play this solo? And I know they recommend to play it um, with friends. However, I think if you can find a good balance with world tier and yeah. you don't want to be too overwhelmed mm-hmm. and also just based on my experience, playing solo performs a lot better, like flawlessly when it comes to frame drops and not having any issues because it, it looks gorgeous and it feels fantastic to play. Um, I have a suggestion for people who can fly if they're listening right now. You know they are. I hope they are. Um a suggestion when it comes to because we talk about the Borderlands sort of leveling issues, right? You know how mm. Borderlands just hop in and you just all level out, and it doesn't really matter what level you are. It, Greg could be ninety one and I could be two, and it doesn't matter. Go ahead, Greg. Let me. I want to bring in a question because I know where you're driving. We talked a little bit about this on stream. Squeezel twenty three wrote into patreoncom slash games and says, "For Outriders, how has the world tier system worked for you? I've hit a couple of roadblocks on missions where I was given a tip to try lowering the world tier for difficulty purposes, but always saw that as a cop out. Has anyone addressed their difficulty tier? And if so, how has that worked for you? Now, but back into your line because I know where you're going. Because Borderlands three, of course." One of the big things was I can be level 30, Joey can be level 2, Blessing can be 17. We can all come together and we're fighting the same battles that are the right difficulty for us. And, and we, we talked about this on stream and I love the accessibility of that. However, it feels fake to me. It feels like there are no uh, consequences. It feel, like, it, it, I love that anybody could just hop in and Greg who works 90 hours a week and he's got seven kids at home and he says dang i only have these 30 minutes i could play with my friends but i can hop in and have a fun time that's fucking great for the for greg working 80 hours a week but it feels fake it doesn't feel like it's like there's any i don't know like it, you're, you're not really facing consequence if you're just playing at your level go ahead Ka. the the thing that that goes back to both what you said and what what uh, greg was talking about and and it's the reason why i was talking i was playing with a, a friend of mine uh top tier uh, over on Twitch, um, and we were running through it, and we were both talking about not lowering the levels, and, and we said, "Why would you not lower the levels?" And I was like, "Because I get to go into every fight after I've lost, and make the mental recalibration of how I then need to take on this fight. Whether that means I need to back up and turtle, whether that means I need to swap out mods, whether that means I need to swap out um, skills, it gives me the ability to actually change the way I'm taking on a fight." That is not something that I have to worry about from a from a difficulty standpoint. It is all about me adjusting to to to, to what's happening, as opposed to me making the game adjust to me, which I think mm-hmm. is, is is a lot of fun. But and it's here, in the same yeah. in it's same conversation. I swear I'm not going anywhere else because I love this and I love what's happening. I do appreciate that it's there. Yeah, because I I yeah. the, you know I mean there were uh, the I had the you know when I was trying to meet again I don't know if I've said this in this podcast yet I apologize if I have me and Mike beat the campaign last night no big oh, deal wow, was it, so oh, you know wow. we beat it we beat it and the night before I was making this push with two kind of funny best friends who had answered my call on Twitter and we got to a part that was run your head into the wall over and over and I gave it five or six tries and I was like. It is 11.45, and I am already exhausted, and I'd like to beat this. And so I knocked it down, right? Yep. And it was that 
I have been in that run, I want to, I want to that challenge and I want to feel it. And in a different world, I would sit there on a Saturday all day in front of me and figure it out and grind it out and, you know, go level and come back to it. But in that moment, I wanted to change it up and I did and I didn't feel bad. Sorry, back to an 80. Yeah, I think I think lowering the level totally fine. Like I, I'm totally yeah. fine with that. I think a way that people can fly can maybe find an in between um, when it comes to wanting to play with your friends is uh, here's a here's a suggestion. It's me and Greg. We're playing. We're both level twenty. Bless wants to hop in. He's a level twelve. I think what it should do is instead of scaling to the enemies to then fit for three people. I think you keep it for two people scaling wise, enemy wise, mm, right? Mm. But uh, unless you're within like five levels of of each other, I so once, so maybe when Bless hits like level fifteen or level sixteen, and we're both level twenty twos or whatever, then you raise the enemy level to then scale for three players as opposed to the mm. two that were just there. Mm. I think that could be a, a neat in between. If if Ka's a level twenty and I'm a level five, I hop into Ka's world, but only have enemies there scaling for one player in the world right and so you're i think it's a it could be a neat in between and then once i kind of catch up then say all right andy you've caught up to the appropriate level now now here's enough enemies for the both of you i think sure. that could be kind of a neat uh a neat workaround as, yeah, opposed, to, as opposed to borderlands just hop in whenever you want you know that's sure yeah of course mm. joey i'm able to see everybody else when they're nodding along or, or or disapproving how are you feeling is everything we're saying resonating with you in terms of the world tier system have you experimented with it are you enjoying oh, it? yeah <clears throat> i move it up and down constantly depending on who i'm playing with if i'm playing by myself and kind of like what encounters i'm in i feel like i usually go through and try it on whatever the default one that i'm on the first time and then if i think if i get like halfway and i think i can figure it out then i do what i appreciate about what this does is that it doesn't you don't have to go so far into the settings to adjust it that it makes you mm. feel like oh you're God. cheating yeah it's yeah. just right there mm -hmm. and it's like okay this feels like a purposeful placement that you're supposed to kind of wave yeah. it back and, and it was mentioned like, like cheating and to call it out right like i know mike mentioned it but it, i think you've seen in other games like this is not all right if you change the difficulty you have to reload the checkpoint like you can be mid-fight and be like all right there's just too many captains and like and that's the other thing too is it dynamically is spawning those amounts based on what worlds here you're at and stuff like that you can dial it down so they'll if they're already spawned get weaker or whatever and you can get out of that fight even with them rather than have to you know die and do it but uh, it's instantaneous no no loading no weird stuff to go for and it doesn't call you out for it which is great totally too. like a lot of games do where they make you wear the chicken hat or they make you do all the other kind of stuff where it's like you you're penalized for for dropping it down a little well, bit which, and that's the thing is they do such a great job with it right is like the world tier shows when you go to the menu to ch choose which one you want it's showing you how many levels the enemies will gain right so yeah, it's not yeah. that you're taking away enemies levels to make them easier you're starting from what is equal and then you're already adding stuff to it from it yeah yeah, yeah cool one that we've brought up is the gameplay and i really like it of like andy has talked about playing by himself and khalif has talked about different strategies going in I think it is one of those games where you and your friends are going to just start mindlessly killing, right? You're going to find that sweet spot where you're just gunning things down. Nobody speaks for like 15 minutes because you're <laughs> yep. in the zone. And yep. then eventually you're going to hit a wall. And the coolest part about this game and the different abilities and how you can switch them on the fly is like, you can be like, hold up a second, guys. Like, we need to figure this out. We're doing it wrong, right? And me and Greg had a perfect yep. one. We were playing a little bit higher than we should have been because I was a little bit lower than him. And I said, Greg, 
use your slow mobility in this death tunnel and let's bottleneck them through here, right? And then well, that was the you made the death earthquake. I was doing, I was still like, this is what I'm talking about in the game where it was like, I was running down there and we were with somebody else who wasn't on Discord with us. And I was slamming, we're getting too spread out. There's snipers across the way. And then it was spawning two or three captains that ran out. And you were the one of like, hold up, like this next time, fall back, let's draw them to the tunnel. And we draw them up the tunnel and we had this kill zone that we could just work on. And then you were like, go down. It's like that kind of, again, puzzle mechanic. And it isn't a puzzle mechanic, it's just tactical. And it's just a way that I usually don't play these. When I fucking play Borderlands, and I love Borderlands, don't get me wrong, it is very much of running in there, blowing everything up, my shield explodes and blows people back, and I'm trying to figure it out. Whereas this can be that, but it can also be so much more. Andy? I can already tell last night I unlocked uh, several more skills that I kind of forgot I had unlocked because I was, I love my skills so much because you get they that, are that so... Toxic, that toxic turret? They are so... Oh, they are so yeah. No, I haven't gotten that one yet, plus. Oh, okay. um, but I did unlock the heal your squad mates thing and yeah. i was like oh this will be this great so when, we get in, when we get into expedition mm -hmm. mode and yeah. you all you know i gotta carry all my back you know because i'm the support guy but i'm clicking it seems like we were doing right. that to you yesterday go ahead bless sorry well to piggyback a little bit off of off of mike right like that's the thing that i think is so awesome is i've had the the healing ability as the technomancer for a while now and just yesterday i was playing with danny pena and re and not once were they like, hey, bless, I need you to heal me. Hey, like, come through, like, drop your heals. Like, I never had any of that because the game, uh, like we've mentioned before, the game is so kind of messy that you don't really get us. Like, I don't really have a sense of what Reed's or Danny's abilities are. I know they don't really have a sense of what my abilities are, aside from the fact that I drop turrets. But I do identify the times where I'm like, okay, cool, I should heal them here because it seems like their health is getting low. And you have that freedom of working together, but then also not feeling so pressured that you feel bad when you miss a heal or you feel like somebody else class. is stepping to the... <laughs> oh, it's that Overwatch support class. Just... Yeah, exactly. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah, I think great. The team. In the, yeah. Uh, yeah, Malcontent wrote in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, imagine a shooter releasing in 2021 without regenerating health. Outrider not only pulls it, <laughs> Outriders not only pulls it off, it creates a fabulously unique situation in which you are always the aggressor. Not only do you have to kill to stay alive, you can stay alive as long as you can kill. I'm a teleporting yeah. shotgun assassin, and no shooter has felt this good since, well, Destiny first launch. I almost wish it was a live service. I can't get enough. Yeah, and it... It right. goes to that point too, where I was talking about that with uh, the folks I was playing with last night before we jumped on with, with with Andy, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, there really isn't a healer class, and there really isn't an aggro class, because you're not supposed to have things come to you. You're supposed to go to it." Yeah, which yeah. is which yeah. is actually really interesting in that respect too. Like you would think Devastator class would be the aggro tanky one, but there isn't a tanky one because they want you to die, and they want you to move forward to kind of get the health. Oh, I let things I let things come to me, man. I. I <laughs> I, like again playing offline or you know every it's yeah. always online but playing single player because it works so smoothly it is just it is sniping heaven and it feels mm. so good where i unlocked a sniper last night that is not the bolt action but it is the one shot rifle i believe and it isn't a zoom in scope but it does like zoom in pretty good when you do uh ads and bullets will if i hit headshots it crits and bullets will ricochet to enemies within five meters it's, i mean it's just like the game gives you so many cool little reasons to want to keep playing and it, it reminds me of honestly playing like hades or loop hero and getting 
all of these little mod modifications like oh i've let me try this level and yep. see what i could do with mm-hmm. this new thing that i've just unlocked you know i'm telling you man i'm pouring that glass of bourbon tonight i'm gonna go in there and start tinkering oh, i'm about to get uh, on mike, there with oh, yeah. yeah close me out here mike on this <laughs> thought and then i want to get an ad read in here uh it is cool uh more towards khalif right there like he said right there is no like tank and healer but it is cool of, like being on that devastator side khalif I am up in people's faces, but there's also move settings where, like, I can fall back and, like, you've noticed there's no crawl mechanic when you're downed, mm-hmm. right? But I have mm-hmm. a wall that will catch bullets and I can shoot back, right? I also have the golem and I also have this one reverberation where, like, if I'm in the middle of people, I life suck from all of them and I can pop the golem. And, like, there is moments in different, like, cool play styles you can do where it's like, oh, everybody get behind me. Hold up a second, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I really love that. And that's one thing we'll talk about probably in just a little bit is, like, I think there is a little bit on the single player side that I don't like punishment wise, where there is no free revives. When you play with your friends, mm-hmm. it's mm. interesting. Cause like everybody is spread out and you are in the action. That's why I feel like they give you that free revive and there's no crawl, right? Where it's like, Hey, you fell down and you can't crawl to your friends or hide behind cover. Just pick yourself back up. And then there I am in single player. And it's like, I just went down and I'm so used to multiplayer because that's what they want you to play. And it's over and you restart and you're like, what's that right like that's a weird transition there that's mm. like i'd love to ask them like why did we not put that in the single player or why do we have it in the multiplayer because it, it is so night and day difference between the two of those moments traveling also feels a little convoluted um, oh yeah oh my god oh, oh sure yeah. Yeah. First, like, you, <laughs> i mean fast travel around the flags <laughs> in the map i'm in but if i want to leave this map and go to a different area i fast travel to the flag at camp and then talk to the person with the car and then the car can take me to the bigger <laughs> map and then i once i'm in once i'm into the news it's like yeah why, and why can't 30 cutscenes later 30 cutscenes oh, later the yeah. quest, the oh quest system also like i i accidentally did a really old quest uh yesterday because i didn't realize that if i it pops up it looks new quest, yeah right yeah, it looks new and i was like okay well it's a list of quests i guess it's my first one that I have to do that's my main one but actually i had a, t- I had a tab to the second page which had my yeah. main quest which i feel like is such a weird decision and let alone the map system in general for the local area map the amount of times i'm like yeah. all right i fast traveled here i want to do this ah oh, crap all right well it looks mm-hmm. like my back there's no like real representation yeah. i'm like i think yeah. this and i go and i look i'm like no nope, went the opposite way so now I come out and stick to my left yeah mike uh, i gave it a lot of credit during the beta of like, I love the little GTA map tracker when you press up on the D-pad and it will show you yes. where to go, right? Yeah. But there is a number of <laughs> missions that it will not spawn and show or you the broken. correct way. And I want to give end. some, I'm going to give a nice little shout out to my boy Washburn who's trying to get me out in the live chat with Patreons. It's like, there was three moments there where like, it didn't track, right? And he's like, what the hell is going on here? And like, thankfully I'd played the mission. I'm like, it doesn't track, right? We have to go over here and like take a side. And it's like, you have such a perfect system, but then it breaks down a couple of yep. times where it's like, what the heck is happening here? Why is it doing that? And yeah, there was the definitely some so weird. There were some missions last night that were broken for me, Khalif and Paris, where we had gone to this thing. I think we all died. So it spawned us back. And then we couldn't go back up the rope that got us to that mission. Yeah. Yep. The, the, that like, it said, too. here's the rope, but you can't go back up. So that's like obviously bugs. But last night, as I continued playing solo, I ended up going to that area where you fight like the mother or something. It's like this big monster. Oh, the brood mother. Yeah. The brood mother. Yeah. yeah. Ended up fighting that enemy. I mean, that that's something that we I think we did during the first demo we ever did uh, d- during the first event, and that was a lot of fun. Finding those enemies was a blast, and having their different move sets, and they all sort of do different things. And then you realize, oh, Moloch killed our boy Seth. This is wild. Spoilers, by the way. Who gives a shit? 
Um, <laughs> Trust me, you're gonna be like, I don't know who then, fucking Seth is. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and then uh, when you round the corner, you see the Outriders logo. Oh, that's the thing that I use for fast travel. Let me hit the tab button, and it tells me to go backwards. Why? What's yep. backward? Where is it leading me? No, it's just leading me to the start of the level. No, fuck that. Let me just go back to the Outriders <laughs> logo. So yeah, the the tracker thing, genius in theory, when implemented well. And when it doesn't work, it's just kind of useless. For now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash games to be part of our shows over there. You can watch live as we record them. You can get them with the exclusive post show. But more importantly for you right now, you can get our shows ad-free. But guess what? You're not watching on patreon.com slash games. So let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by Upstart. When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keeps you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can get you ahead. Are you carrying a credit card balance month after month? You're not the only one. High interest rates make it hard to pay off your debt, but Upstart can help. Join the thousands of happy borrowers who made that final payment. Do you dread looking at your credit card statement every month? We don't blame you. Upstart can lift that weight off your shoulders so that you can finally feel the relief of being credit card debt-free. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. They look at your income and employment history. That means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. I talk about this all the time. You've probably heard it on PSI Love You, but it's always true. Uh, when I moved to San Francisco, I had to take out a loan, and Upstart wasn't around yet, and so I took one out, and they did not look at my employment history or my income. Instead, they tried to look at my credit rating, which was not good, and I got a bad interest rate, which meant I had the debt a lot longer than I needed to. Upstart would help me back in the day if it existed then, but it didn't. But now if it did... If if I needed it, I would do it. You should do it too. Uh, with a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front uh, for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash kindoffunny. That's upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Uh, we've been talking here critically you know we talk about some of the things that this game gets wrong we are now welcoming to the show ladies and gentlemen the one the only steve sailor the blind gamer hello steve wow hey, hey. how's it going How it's good sir how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good thanks for having me on thank you steve for coming on of course on short notice uh, earlier this year you had hit us, hit us up and you're like hey you guys talking about accessibility all the time on shows but you never have any of the accessibility experts on and i was like well it's always it's always short term we don't think about it and then it happens or there's some story that breaks but we it's we're about to go live and literally as we were getting ready to sit down today and do the outriders review the one the only james davis at james davis makes uh hit up the kind of funny games cast thread and was like hey steve sailor just posted a video about accessibility and how it's breaking his heart for outriders what do you guys think about it and i was like i don't need to think at all about it i can bring steve on here this is what we were talking about <laughs> steve wants to help out more in 2021 i'm all about it steve where are you at with outriders so here's the thing i I want to love this game really, really badly. The story, the gameplay, the combat is just extremely fun. 
and it's everything that I would kind of want in this type of game. Sure. It's unfortunate that the accessibility kind of doesn't meet that fun level. Uh, mm. There are a lot of things that are missing and they tried to do a few things. There is an accessibility menu, but there are a lot of things that are missing and kind of weird that they don't really work that well. That unfortunately kind of makes it extremely frustrating for someone like myself and like to be able to play. It kind of adds extra barriers to the gameplay that I'm having to get past and sort of my disability kind of gets in the way. Um, stuff like the auto aim. There is it. There is one an option there to turn it on, but I have yet to actually see if it works or not because it doesn't. Um, there's stuff like uh, subtitles are too small. The text is just atrociously small across the board um even with the enlarged text size that's there um it's very negligible as far as what it actually increases uh there's and, and as there's a lot of difficulty even trying to be able to aim even with the auto aim because if i feel like the because uh, i play it on console so i play on controller sure. i've uh i feel that the sensitivity on the thumbsticks is really sticky in that i want to be able to make slight movements uh, and and I want to be able to like, like to just to be able to try to be able to aim down sights, but for some reason it just kind of moves me a mile away from where the enemy is. And I know people are going to say play on mouse and keyboard, but I'm not built that way, and it's not, it's easier for me to play on controller. Um, also, Steve, day, Steve, don't make it. You have taste. You have taste. It's fine. Steve, one yeah, day you'll know. see the light. One day you'll see the no, light. He, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I'm, I'm rocking. Well, the here's the yeah, thing. That's right, Khalif. See the light. So there's that problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. Yes. <laughs> so James Davis' question was this, uh, Steve, when he wrote into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Do you think Outriders will ever make the game more accessible? With games like The Last of Us Two having so many options, it's disappointing to see a game have none i thought tlu 2 would have been the catalyst but here we are uh obviously steve last of us 2 got so much deserved praise for its bevy of options for accessibility do you think that this is just a game that was already in production at the same time and then didn't get to see that do you think as much as we've applauded uh people can fly in the outriders account for being so vocal and reactive this weekend do you think this is something you'd see change well, yeah, and, and and full disclosure, I I was one of the consultants on The Last of Us too, so I do know money hat. at least uh, yeah, um, I, I, <laughs> PlayStation chill. Um, but uh, so I, I I did get to see kind of how they implemented their accessibility settings and what it looks like that the difference between Tilo Two and and Outriders is that it kind of seems that Outriders started with accessibility a little bit later on in production. Whenever we're consulting with studios we generally try to be able to encourage to be able to start with accessibility from the beginning because a lot of times it when you're having to lock down features before accessibility a lot of those features are not able to uh, be changed or edited later on to accommodate um, it is possible that outriders could become more accessible we are seeing more updates and patches from games and studios that are adding more accessibility in uh, ghost of tsushima had that um, outer mm -hmm. worlds actually was notorious for having extremely small text but it took a developer to basically be like you know what let's see if we can be able to add the ability to increase text size in that game and two months later uh, Obsidian released a patch that would allow you to do that and it allowed me to go in and actually enjoy that game. So 
I think there is that possibility, but it would really depend on how much was locked down before they tried to be able to implement uh, accessibility. Square Enix is kind of starting on their accessibility journey. They did a little bit with uh, Avengers and in Tomb Raider, but it, they haven't really sort of, it seems that they don't really have a, a lot of evangelists uh, for accessibility in uh, Square Enix as a whole uh, to try to be able to kind of encourage that from the beginning. And that's the thing too, is that with a lot of people thinking, oh, The Last of Us 2 kind of solved accessibility, it did to a certain degree. Um, but we're not going to be able to see the true impact of that until about five, possibly even 10 years from now, just because of how long it takes for games to be in development. And more than likely, Last of Us 2 was it was early in the development uh, before Outriders was. Sure. From the ground up kind of thing, right? That they exactly. designed. Yeah. 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 Well, Steve, that sucks. I want you to enjoy this game. We all like this game quite a bit. Yeah, and it's and, and there's some really cool stuff that's in there that I think is is, is should be applauded even uh, for accessibility. Like the the beacon system that's in there for navigation is superb. It's like one of the, it's one of those features that I would love to be able to see in in other games and uh, makes it a lot easier to be able to, for me to be able to know exactly where I need to go. Um, the high contrast mode that is in there for the menus is, is really good. The ability to decrease the difficulty in the world tier yep. is a neat novel concept. I think the, probably the only uh, negative I have of that is that if you do go down to a lower tier, so it's a little bit easier for you to be able to play, you're not unlocking those high-end uh, items that you can be able to get if you're in those higher tiers, which is unfortunate. And that kind of is, is something you don't really want to be able to have these higher end items in in a higher difficulty and that kind of locks out a certain group of players so it there's stuff there that there's like nuggets of like really good accessibility but uh with without writer's case it unfortunately just didn't make launch well yeah and that'll be the interesting thing to see what happens after launch and see if they're you know they say they're going to be responsive obviously they've been responsive with the server stuff and all that but what happens with the patches they're already talking about this you know pc uh console one of course we'll have to wait and see steve yeah uh, real quick what Let's say people can fly hits you up and they say, "Hey, we have enough, uh, you know, uh, bandwidth to work on one thing immediately right now. We can get it done in a week." What's the first thing you ask for? Ooh, uh, that would be essentially a combination. Oh man, oh, it's hard to be between the two. I would uh, say, like, I let's say, like a perfect world, they'll say, "We'll try to get to the other stuff too." Obviously, but like we have time <laughs> yeah. for one one thing <laughs> right now. One. Yeah, uh, I would say, uh, I would say large text. Uh, that's been something that has been plaguing a lot of games as of late. And it is it is, like there's a lot of lore that I want to get into this game, but I can't read it because I can't see it. And uh, mm -hmm. that needs that needs to change. Not just Outriders, but just across the board. Yeah. Um, in general. But yeah, that would say like that would probably be my number one priority. And then I've got a, another list. Uh, if, if Hey, if Outriders, you want to contact me, let me know. <laughs> that's got to be, so, be something that these uh, game engines kind of build uh, built in. They have to sort of build these things in just from the start without having like the need to do crazy customization to the game like these. I feel like if the engines kind of had these more simple solutions at the start, I feel like it would be easier to implement those changes just kind of more on the fly. Oh, exactly. Like uh, the example I gave of Outer Worlds, uh, a little bit of the behind the scenes stories of, of, of that was that the there was one developer that saw the feedback of people saying it had really small text. He went into the engine and was able to within an afternoon, actually implement a feature that would increase the font size across the board. But it took three months to be able to fix all the UI bugs that it yeah. caused. And mm -hmm. so like, yes, like Epicity was able to give them resources and, and it actually made into the first patch uh, that came out. But not a lot of studios will want to be able to sort of dedicate to that because they're either already working on 
future DLC or just their next project. So it really depends on kind of uh, how how much they're willing to dedicate to stuff like that. But yeah, it's uh, it, it it can be done in certain engines and some can't. It's there's a whole legacy and engines and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a whole behind the scenes of that too. Well, Steve, if people want to keep up with you and help out in the cause, where can they find you? Uh, you can be able to find me on Twitter at Steve Saylor or twitch.tv slash blindgamersteve or on YouTube, youtube.com slash snowball. Steve, thank you so much for coming in today. No problem. On Thanks, the short guys. notice. It works. See, we, I knew if we started texting each other about this, we could make it happen. We did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, you, 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 never, you, never, uh, you never call me back. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed. I can call you, man. I'll call you, you tonight. Know. I mean, Tim did, Greg did. <laughs> Three in the morning, bus going to ring him. What you wearing? Oh, What's he's going to get a ring. What time is it? What time is it? Steve? Well, three in the morning would be 6 a.m., so I'll be just with the time I'm yes, waking up. So, yeah, Toronto. Toronto? Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, man, at 10 p.m. tonight, for me, expect a call. That's okay, all right. <laughs> we'll see you later, Steve. All right. Take care, guys. Take it easy. Bye, Steve. Bye. Ta- talking about uh, expansions, future, what it could be, patches and all that jazz, I want to g- do this. I want to know how much longer, and I'm going to go to Joey with this one, but there's a little bit of a lead-in. How much longer are you expecting to play this game? How, what's your future plan for Outriders, right? Uh, Lucid Dream wrote in and said this. Uh, what keeps you going in a game like this when the story isn't working for you? I tried the demo and was really interested in the world and the story they were setting up. Until the flash forward and it turned into a, just a, everything that's a poor man's Mad Max. Gameplay seems cool, if not a bit clunky, probably better with teammates. But I was so turned off by the change in tone, I put it down near to return. I think this is interesting because we're all talking about, like, we've glossed over it. Like, as somebody who's seen the story through, right? Like, I like the setup of it, right? Of, like, where we need to, it's basically Mass Effect Andromeda. We Earth dead. We've come here. We need to establish a colony. We get down there. It's not what we thought. And then guess what? You're put on ice for 30-some years. You wake up, and, like, the people you just seen that are younger, 30 years old, they're all hell's broken loose. Like, that's all I needed. And playing through, and, like, when Mike was like, what are we doing here? I'm like, well this thing's doing that and that. I don't even remember this character's name. Abigail, I think. I don't know. She like There's all these different moving pieces that I don't... I always you know, talk about being the story whore. I play video games because I want to be part of that. That's all I want. Hit me with these stories. Tell me all sorts of things. And that's not what this game is about. Even like me and Mike talking over a cutscene or whatever and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And doing a thing today, like I was like doing a side mission where at the end, you know, this guy just wanted to blow everything up and I'm like, alright, I forget what his deal was but you know, blah, blah. For me, it's the gameplay loop, but it does bring the question of what everybody's future plans are for it. Joey, how long, what's your goal with Outriders? So I do want to unlock the like final world level tier, which is 15, right? Wow. Okay. Something. That would yeah. be my goal. Love but it. that's predicated based on uh, what other games are coming out that are going to inevitably distract me from this and how long are other people playing? Because I, uh, I do have fun when I play by myself, but I feel like I always have to knock it down at least one or two world levels when I yeah. do play by myself. So that is not going to be great for unlocking uh, more world tiers. Uh, so it kind of depends on those two things. I feel like I'm the only other thing that I have on my radar right now that I can think of off the top of my head is like po- the new Pokemon Snap that comes out at the end of the month. But like, sure. I don't think that's going to really tear me away. Dominate from your hours. And yeah, there's yeah. such different types of games that I feel like it, I won't be in the mood to play that. For Blessing, what, what does it look like for you in terms of how much you're going to play this? I think it depends on what 
some of the end game looks like because right now I'm having fun, but the story isn't enough for me to uh, to carry me through. And yeah. so it's a combination of does this game continue to stay fun, and then do I feel motivated to play with friends so we can play the end game and play the expeditions? And how fun are how fun do those end up being? Is that combined with a little bit of what Joey's saying of all right, what's on the horizon? And for me, it is right now we are playing Disco Elysium for PS Love You, and so I'm enjoying that at the same time. But then also in a few weeks we're gonna get near replicant, and I'm gonna definitely want to play that. The week after that we're gonna get returnal and i'm gonna want to try that out mm-hmm. and then soon after that we're gonna get mass effect trilogy mass effect, which yeah. i want to jump into and i know that's gonna take a while to to chew on and then right after that we're gonna get death loop and so there are games that are that are we're warming up yeah we're warming up right mm-hmm. now in terms of game releases and i feel like wh- by the time we hit near replicant which is coming out april 23rd and so that's a couple weeks away that might be it for me in this game thankfully there's nothing between now and then that's really pulling my attention to disco and i think i can juggle these two games at the same time for now yeah joshy g actually wrote in uh during the show live and said is there end game content to this or do you beat it and it's done uh mike and i finished the story last night and that opened up expeditions which is a brand new map with a whole bunch of different objectives and a new different tiered system in terms of difficulty that you unlock as you play and then what it is is it's all time based of you have to go through this and if you you know beat it by this time or less you're in the gold tier you get this chest which will bring you up multiple levels on the expeditions page so you can take on hard or challenges to get better awards and it's that kind of system that's feeding that loot grind to it and there's story stuff that i think is cool tied to it but i won't bring up obviously and for me the goal is the platinum and so like i i feel like it's going to be hanging in there to do that and then just to hang out with my friends but i'm right there with you bless that when something else comes along and takes me away i'll be taken away and that'll be the thing uh khalif what's your plan for hanging out with it yeah, level fifteen is the you know world tier, world tier fifteen is is the, the next goal to try to see if we can get there because you know we'll, we'll, I'll get to the end game at some point and get to expeditions and stuff. For me, I think the thing that's going to actually like continuously kind of pull me back in because most of the games that Bless talked about, I'm I'm not excited for yet until Returnal and then then Deathloop. So I have some more time to kind of dig around and stuff. Mm-hmm. But once I start to see either you know people can fly, start to talk about either new mods that are going to be coming up in, in the space or new potential skills, which I think would be a fantastic thing to add to the expeditions layer, totally. which is going to keep people kind of kind of going. That's the stuff that's going to wind up kind of pulling me in because you wind up getting to a min-max point too, where you're like, ooh, if I can get this mod up to this point with this weapons and I understand the synergies between those kinds of things, I'm going to wreck stuff and then continue to kind of move up levels, which is going to yeah, be yeah. that thing that winds up working. And I think also kind of kind of playing with other people you'll then start to change up the way you kind of maneuver with skills and other stuff so that you can be a part of a team as opposed to playing it in a kind of the solo way that I've been playing it already. So you'll be swapping things in and out to have builds that will kind of work towards that as, as, as a better conversation too. And uh, we're talking about things that I'm surprised aren't in the game. Loadouts for a game mm-hmm. that uh, oh, yeah. is giving me so many, so much loot. Then you know, I'd love to have a loot set that is like, here's my solo build. Here is mm-hmm. when I need to be doing damage. Here's when I want more time stuff. To have those, you know, on a quick select, be able to go. I'm surprised they don't exist. Instead, I have to keep all that armor and keep it in my head straight. And then to yep. your point of, you know, uh, more mods, uh, more other stuff. You know, this isn't a games and services we've talked about. So what does that mean for DLC? I want to mm-hmm. point over to Forbes. Forbes had an interview uh, after the demo but before the launch that uh paul from forbes shared again today but this question stood out to me when i reread it forbes you've repeatedly said that outriders is not meant to be a live service game and is quote unquote complete at launch 
But what would the threshold be for you to consider future content, missions, guns, classes, and such? Does not live ser- does not live service rule out meaningful expansion, or can things like DLC still be in the cards? Uh, people can fly. Responded. We never said that we would. We, we never said that we would abandon the game. This isn't a games as a service. Uh, but if people like it, uh, we will definitely be doing more things in the Outriders universe. We have many more stories to tell and a lot of ideas we want to explore that we couldn't fit in the original game. So we're happy to create more content in the future. Anything we would make uh, would be in the form of a of significant expansions with self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. So I would think that like you know different mods and changes like that you wouldn't see until they were like, hey, boom, here's an actual substantial piece of content. Yeah. Mike, you are, of course, Mr. Multiplayer Guy. You have the Squid Squad you're playing with all the time. Do you see Outriders having a long life for you? Long life? No. This is at the tip of our tongues for about a week to two weeks. We'll all get up to max level. We'll play a couple expeditions, but I do not see us grinding this out or trying to continue to do that loop for certain gear like we would in a Destiny or a division right the guns just aren't there right i don't really need Mm -hmm. any of these guns they they aren't speaking to me like the destiny guns right they're just a bunch of flesh but i will give it this right this game is just good enough where it will always be a perfect off night for us me and my squad are more competitive multiplayer squads so we like really having that competitive edge but when we need those nights off this is going to be one to put in the rolodex of like hey y'all want to play this and i think it has proven to us that it is a good game if you bring out more DLC later on, we will jump back on for the weekend. If we want to go do an expedition or two, we will do it. I wasn't truly impressed by the expeditions. I don't think they're game-changing, right? They add a fun level once you get to the end, but it isn't anything where it's like, yo, I want to do four hours of expeditions i want to do two of these and then be done with the expeditions right the expeditions are cool and uh, in terms of oh it's a new thing of like let's go fast let's go and then challenge ourselves and try out these new crazy weapons like the guy who did four million damage (laughs) the stats (laughs) pop up i had barely or i'd almost scraped to two million damage mike was way under leveled and shouldn't have even been doing it yet did like what a couple hundred thousand and then this kid we were with did four million damage like all right well cool thanks for caring (laughs) what's the idea behind the expeditions uh, in terms of, like, is it a type of raid or is it just? It's 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 you know multi tiered rooms of lots of enemies, like with the okay. goal of getting to something specific to uh, open it up, kind of thing. And then when you do that, you get a special currency that you can then only spend with one of the vendors now that has new higher tiered gear stuff like that. Is so it's like story uh, attached. Yeah, there's story attached to it. Okay. Not there. Not well. I shouldn't say that. There is a story beat that gets you there, and then you're doing something for the story. And I don't think it's going to pay off. Like I do all the expeditions, and then you know these special gates open or something like that. But I, gotcha. I you know, I've done one now with Mike, so it's not like I'm uh, well versed in it in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, back to Mike. It does have the tease of if you do all the expeditions, you unlock the final expedition. Right? Mm, there true. was oh, one shit. called like the Whirlwind or something for me and Greg, where it said like. Hey, if you do these right, then you're going to work your way up to the final one, which is really cool and be like, okay, that I would like to see that is right. But it is just room after room, Andy, essentially what you've seen in the mission structure already of you're in room one, kill seven bosses, go to room two, defend this obelisk, go to room three, do the same thing. And you have 12 minutes to get the best rewards, 15 minutes to get the second tier, and then 17 and on you get the third, third tier. Get your Happy Meal toy and get out of there. Yeah, and we beat yeah. ours, just so everybody knows. We beat ours with like 12 seconds left. So shout out to Greg for being incredible. 
Oh, shout Greg out to that guy who did four million more. damage. What are you talking about? If is it like four million was badass? A man just posted on Twitter. He put one hundred and ninety-two million out into it. This is what I'm talking so, about. Though. If you think that was dope, like. just know there's a lot more to do. So is time like counting that. down, or is it like? Yeah, there's a timer on the screen that's going and telling if you it how much. Zero. It does. No, no. There, there's one up. like super sub. Like, hey, you got a participation box that has like. Okay. Yeah. a rusty knife in it and they're like congratulations gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but it is and, dope loot like Andy, i want to yeah close dope loot. Yeah, yeah exactly and i you know like there are those like ultimate class armors that i think look hideous y'all look you know you look like what's his name lord zed or whatever from power rangers when you get it like i don't want it but i want the stats attached to it yeah <laughs> we haven't talked about armor yet we need I feel like the armor in the game sucks this game needs Dude, so, I don't like do how my character mean? looks at all. I've never, oh. I've not looked dope once so far. I mean, Destiny doesn't have that either in the biggest ways either. Yeah, but you though. can like apply. Yeah, but this like, game, how, colors, we knew that. Right? We knew that when they were making this game. Like, why would you have addressed that? Point. In Destiny, point. I can make my character like all white and pink, and I, I, even though I look ugly, I still look dope at the same time. In this game, I don't, <laughs> I don't even have the opportunity to like color coordinate in any way that even looks remotely cool. Hundred yeah. percent. I just look like yeah. Mogs needed, like a, or at least dies are needed. I look yeah. like I'm both in the past and in the future at the same time. I don't like how my character looks. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I felt like I was looking dope playing with uh, Khalif and Paris outside, <gasps> and then I unlocked armor that put bone fucking all mm -hmm. around me. I was like, I don't want bone on my armor. I don't. Yeah. I, I, what What are we doing right here? What like is these, this monster these styles, shit. These styles are clashing. I don't want to keep on getting higher level and start to look more and more like an or no some organic freak monster like nah man i want to yeah. look like but that's uh, that's all just you know it's like my character preference. thinks they're in monster hunter and mass effect at the same yeah time. I, pre like, oh, I prefer, <laughs> I, prefer I prefer the destiny mass effect sort of thing um i don't think i will really stick with this game at all and that's i've said this a million times it's never an indictment on the game Destiny could be firing on all cylinders, putting out the best sort of shit. And when I'm done with the game, I'm usually just done with the game. I don't really stick around and try to find out the new thing. I'm always, you know, playing Call of Duty with Mike or, you know, playing whatever multiplayer game I'm hooked on or whatever. So I, I do think one potential way to continue the life of this, as opposed to just putting out free DLC, similar to how like a game like Ghost Runner is putting out sort of um you know what their dlc looks like where they can't really just put out new campaign missions but hey we'll do variations of of past things that you've already seen i think they could put out sort of epic versions of bounties or mm. um like modified versions of mm. of monsters that you go hunt that you know maybe it's the same monster with a lot of the same move sets but maybe it has one added move and now it shoots green fire now and it's like it's like a golden emblem on the map that you're like, oh, that's the one that I unlocked because I hit this level or whatever. Sure. I think that could be a quick way to kind of add more and more life to this because you can't really replay story missions. But I think if you modify these bounties and say, oh, that dude that you killed, well, it turns out he didn't die. That bullet didn't kill him. He's free. <laughs> he's back again. <laughs> they can take a time, cue. They can take a cue from another uh, hit games' as service from Square Enix, uh, Marvel's Avengers, oh, and shit. then everybody's just a clone. And so you're not really fighting Abomination for the 19th <laughs> time. You're fighting the 19th <laughs> Abomination clone. It makes perfect sense. This is element, element resistant. Element resistant. <laughs> just for like <laughs> half an hour. My immersion is totally perfect right now. I feel so immersed in this world. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. Um. Yeah. Joe, are you going to stick with it? Yeah. I think I answered at the beginning. She, oh, she was bad. the first. We've just been oh, going around. There's so many <laughs> of us. By the time the carousel so ends, you want to get back on it. Tim, how about yeah. you, Tim? 
<laughs> My eyes! <laughs> These snakes! <laughs> oh, God, the snakes are still on him. Uh, I guess final thoughts, right? I feel like we're all super high on this. I, you know, final thoughts, but then the other question would be this. Mike, you asked me this last night, and, you know, obviously Xbox Game Pass, you can go get this game for just your low, low price of either the one buck a month deal or the 15 bucks or whatever it is, right? Because Xbox Game Pass, amazing deal. But you asked me, would you pay full price for this game? Obviously, I had a review code, but, like, I would. I would. I have had such a blast with Outriders. Would, uh, yeah, Khalif, your shit nodding, you'd be into? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a game like this where I've thought about it as soon as I wake up in a long time. Yep, exactly. That's, that, like, that's such a great way of putting it. If it's always on my mind, I want to go play. I'm, I'm like, right after we get off of this, I'm going to go play. It's like one of those things where just like, I need to figure out all the little intricate parts that go together so that I can have the most badass, badass character that I can and, yeah. and, and then be able to wreck things and shoot bullets that drop lightning out of the sky it's amazing in that way blessing would you pay yeah i somebody on somebody in my uh twitch chat asked me the same question actually last night when i was playing the game and the way i answer it is when it comes to co-op games like this the way that i kind of look at it is similar to how i look at like you know how much would i pay to go to six flags with friends like i'm not playing this game specifically for mm, just the story mm, or just mm. the the gunplay or whatever i'm playing this game to hang out with friends for the most part totally. and have fun while i'm doing it and this is a very fun thing to do with friends and so if i, I like i would pay 60 dollars to go to six flags for five hours i think i'd pay i'd pay 60 to 70 dollars to get a, a fun 30 hour co-op experience with friends i think that's worth that and so yeah i pay for full price for it could not Maybe. agree more with yeah. Bless there. You know, if I had no idea what this game was and my homies back home hit me up and are like, oh, dude, we're all going to get this Outriders game. You're going to get it? What is it? Let me look. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do this. You know, so I, I, I would do that just because I wanted to play games with my friends. But then once you're in there, I think the gunplay and the moment to moment gameplay is more than satisfying enough. I think it's really legitimately fun to get in there into these big arenas and figure out how to take out enemies and just see all these crazy cool abilities mesh with each other. And I, yeah, I think it's definitely worth it. Thousand percent worth it. Yeah. Is it we, flawless? It, no, of course but not. I, no. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. and that's what we're talking about. The, the, the story is a bombastic action movie. Pay as much attention as you want to. There's all sorts of crashes right now that are going on. There's the accessibility stuff Steve talked about, but then, yeah, there's this game that I think, does a great job of sh shaking up the biomes like you know introducing new enemies that are the same class of enemy but are they're different enough they look different there's something new to shoot but then something you're talking about that we've mentioned but we haven't specifically brought up is like yeah there's always that moment of where the powers combined where you do the i do a slow-mo thing right mike's shooting from the side a devastator jumps up in the air and flies in like superman and ground pounds somebody to nothingness andy's sniping ahead from like there's all these things where, like, you know, it's funny that this is another Square Enix game, and I, you know, jokingly brought up Avengers, but one of the big things people are like with the Avengers, like, why the fuck aren't there team up moves? Like, you're the yeah. you're the Avengers, right? And this yeah. game delivers that where it is a yep. synergy of powers happening at once, or you're about to get knocked down, but somebody does throw, or I'm about to get knocked down, and somebody tosses that turret there that's in front of me that you know takes out the enemy or helps me take them out to re get my health going. Like, there's so much of that. Best Joe, sound design in the game too for a while. What? Sorry, what was it? Best sound design I've seen in a game in a while, too. Like I, I, I didn't even notice it till Blessing brought it up. But the ch chunk of the when you yeah. beat a boss and they drop their loot and it's like the, ch chunk, ch chunk, ch chunk. There's two real quick things that, that I think of every time I jump into a thing is when you have a pyro and they shoot off their bomb and then the bomb starts to explode, and then the sound of when you shoot bullets that have weakness on it. Yep. 
it is a very, very cool sound that just goes along with, you know, like, oh, I know what's happening in the background without me even having to see it. Yeah, kind of stuff, which is super cool. And that was the other one for me when I switched to this damage build I'm running, right? Like using my uh, anomaly bullets. So I forget they're called mm-hmm. for trickster, the time ones, but they do extra damage and like they sound different. And so it's mm-hmm. that thing of I don't even have to look at the HUD. I, if I don't hear that sound, I know that I, I you should get on it. Joey, would you would you pay for this game? Uh, yeah, 100 percent. And I feel like I'm with Andy and Bless where so much of it is based on my friend group being really sure. into it and having a bunch of people to play with. I think. If I if it if I didn't have that crew of people, I probably would be a little bit less into it. But I still even when nobody's around or it's like a weird hour, it's like, oh, maybe I'll just try this one time by myself. So it does have that like hook in me. Um, but I think it's definitely a game that's more fun if you have people to play with. And then Snow Bicycle Michael, the man <laughs> who gets it for free off Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> game Pass. Did you pay rules, for it? If you're listening, get Game Pass. Put it on Game Pass on PC, goddamn yeah, it, please. Because it's on cloud and on console, which is really cool. But Blessing and Andy hit it so well, right? This game is worth the 60 with the time that you're going to spend with your friends. And no, this isn't perfect. This is a 77, this is middle of the road video game that has a lot of fun gameplay loops that you're going to enjoy with your friends, but it's not going to blow your skirt up, right? And what I would say is, is if you're not attacking your backlog, if you and your friends are looking for a multiplayer game to play right now, it is worth the $60. If you want to wait, this is a perfect on-sale game. When this game drops to $40 or below, and it's not a games as service, and you're not going to be left behind and not be able to partake in everything, this is a game where you and your friends could buy it for $40 or cheaper and have a blast for a weekend or two. So if you'd like to wait, stay out of the conversation, let things fix itself. If you can catch this on sale, this is going to be one of those, put this in your Rolodex of multiplayer games because it's going to be a good one. Dude, so true. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, trying to hop into Destiny right now. Being like, <laughs> what is happening yeah. in this video game? Why? There are a million <laughs> systems that, uh, obviously, it's because the game's been out for a while, and they've developed these so many different solutions and different um, currencies and all these different things. But this game is not overwhelming when it comes to the way that the the way the systems work, it, it doesn't throw a lot at you in terms of having to figure out how to level up. And it's it's like any other video game. It's it's white, green, blue, purple, and legendary, whatever. So I, I think it's more than simple enough that if it does go on sale in three months for you know thirty nine ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine, you're not gonna be you're not gonna hop in and feel like whoa, I have oh this is crazy. Like no, it's pretty. <laughs> It's and I, it, it's simple for what it is, yeah. And I think it's in a lot of ways like what Mike talked about for his friend group of like I do feel like this is a game that if Poe found it three months from now, I was like, oh, I'm playing Outriders. You want to play it? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll jump. I'll jump in and I'll come totally. either clean house with my guy or maybe I'll make a new roll, a new one and roll with here or whatever. Like, there's a, a bunch of different options in there of just like a game to catch up with to actually shoot the shit with you know mike almost went live last night when we were beating it but he stopped because it was just like we're just hanging out it's nice to have something to talk about yeah, that's not mm-hmm. work and play through it it's, and now we talk about this game for it's nice time. to have something to, to jump into like a destiny that's not a destiny where i i feel andy 1000 that like last time i jumped into destiny it was during forsaken and i had been out since launch and trying to jump back in and then also play with people who've been playing destiny this whole time you feel like you, you feel like you are foreign like you feel like you you <laughs> don't understand anything that's going on in this world and you you like for me it was it was a very difficult time trying to get in and i bounced out about a few days later and for outriders to come out and be something that's from the ground up i can hop in and have a fun time with it not have to worry about all the all the stuff that came before it 
I think I think there's so much value in that. And so if you're looking for that, then I think it's perfect. I think Outriders is the best example since Dying Light of what you were talking about, Mike. Ooh. A game that drops with like low expectations in spring when everybody, or you know, like January to spring, of everybody wants that new hotness. They want a new game, and they're just des- they're desperate in quotes to play something on their new systems that they don't want from their backlog. Backlog. They don't want to worry about something from December. This is that one of like it's a moment right now that they just captured and crushed. So congratulations to them for sure. And the game. Well great. then. It seems like we are all in agreement that this game is pretty good, huh? That's my <laughs> impersonation of the voice acting. It's, yeah, say, if, that's an Outriders, if that's an Outriders <laughs> reference, I don't get it. Because <laughs> I don't get like, any sort of reference in this game. T- tell me, a- Andy, give me the backstory on Jacob. Or Jacob. 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 Polish. Jacob was from back home. He was one of my friends from back home. And little did I know he'd be alive still 30 years later. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your review of Outriders here on the Kind of Funny Gamescast. We all love it and are playing it, and you should too. Of course, if you like our show, the Gamescast, you should love and appreciate that over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can get each and every episode ad-free. You can get it with the post show we're about to do on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. And of course, you could be watching live just like uh, Gary H is, Joshy G is, and Raul Ponce Jr. is. Ladies and gentlemen. The show will be back with Tim hosting after he recovers from the snake bites and the knives and the, the thing. Uh, we thank you for your support. Uh, Khalif, where can people keep up with you? All podcast platforms, the Spawn on Me podcast with Khalif Adams. And you can check us out on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. PST to watch the live show. Latest episode is rocking with ID at Xbox senior manager Chris Charla rocking with oh, nice. us talking about all the wonderful stuff that they're doing in indie space. So go check that out. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Khalif. Oh, it's lovely. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.